Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. Welcome to Sober Exposure. I'm Jennifer Wild. And this, I have to say, I mean, every episode is like my baby. And every time I'm like, oh, this is the most important episode. This episode is so friggin' important because it's about depression. And because I also suffer from a little bit of narcissism and histrionic behavior and everything's about me, I've been struggling with depression since age five. And I haven't been able to find a solution. Medication, you know, obviously drug addiction, and this is a a show about addiction. um, And they pretty much go hand in hand. And I always ask myself, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, am I, was my addiction self-medicating my depression? You know, Um, and I'm not sure that anybody could really answer that. If I didn't have depression, would I be an addict? I don't know. So, A lot of um, the followers of Sober Exposure have seen me um, with this machine on my head and and getting getting these little zaps. And I've been recording it and I've been kind of going through the process with everybody. And it's it's something called TMS. And it's really been a life changer for me. It really has been a life changer for me. I've been looking for the answer in drugs and alcohol in shopping in men inside you name it food. And I got to say that I can get out of bed now. I'm almost done with the cycle. And I I want you guys to talk a little bit more about what it is and everything, but I want to introduce, I have, I've got John, the founder of Success TMS, and I have Dr. Israel, who is the medical director of Success TMS, correct? Okay. Almost correct. Dr. Israel is the chief medical officer of uh, our, our company. Okay. The, okay. She, so she's even bigger than that. All right. Chief exactly. medical officer. So basically she's the smart one. <laughs> We're you the dumb it. ones. All right. Got it. <laughs> not, not even close, but <laughs> technicality. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm, I want to start with you, John. Okay. Now you obviously there was a reason why you wanted to get something like this started. And we're going to go into what TMS is and everything, but I want to talk a little bit about depression because there's so many people out there that struggle with depression and there's still a stigma. I don't care what anybody says. It's still stigmatized. Like you can't call in sick for a depression day. Like you can't, Mm -hmm. you can call in sick for the flu, but I can't call in sick because I'm having a frigging bad depression day where I just want to kill myself. Literally, you know, um, there's still stigma. There's still stigma attached to mental health. So, John, tell us a little bit about you, your story. Well, first of all, Jen, thank you very much for having us on the show, and mm. you know we're very happy to be here and, and spreading a little bit of awareness, uh, not just on what we do on TMS, but for the whole yeah. mental health world, right? Because I think you you said it perfectly. Whether, you know, I know the audience here is, is, is a, an addiction focused audience, but it's all, it's all um, uh, intertwined. It's all interdependent and they overlap quite a bit. 
Um, and I think Dr. Israel will be able to speak more to that. So let me give you guys a little bit of, of the story that, that brought me to TMS. Um, my, my sister, um, who was 31 years old um, in 2017, was struggling with uh, depression. And um, I was trying to help her find the solution. And as I was going through the process, I realized nobody, nobody can direct me in any place. Um, I didn't have anywhere to go as far as resources. There's nowhere to go online. There was nowhere to go in the city. There was, there was just nowhere to go. So we went to the hospital and we were given a bunch of different uh, suggestions, a bunch of different programs. Um, and one of those programs uh, was obviously a medication-based program, um, which um, didn't really work out for her. And unfortunately, um, even though we tried a ton of different stuff, I mean, everything under the sun, um, in July of 2017, Alex uh, committed suicide due to her depression, um, gave up. Um, and from that moment on, literally on that day, when I got home after a, a, a day that I'll just never forget uh, with my family and all that stuff, um, I said to myself, there's got to be a better solution to this thing. I mean, how did this happen? So I went into this obsession um, to try to find a solution. Um, the toxicology report came back and because, you know, we were afraid that maybe she was doing drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Uh, and in fact, it was the complete opposite. There was nothing in her system, mm. not even a trace of the medication. She wasn't taking her meds. Correct. So then I started saying to myself, okay, obviously something's broken here. There's a reason for why medication isn't that successful for many people. And I said, and this is, this happens in all kinds of different areas. And I said, you know, we're asking a, a person who has a difficulty with themselves and their place in the world to manage their health, their mental health, which is something that's hard to do even for a professional, let alone an individual, a patient, because you're biased, you're, you're not looking at yourself the, the, the way that everybody else sees you, usually much better than you see yourself. And what I realized is Alex, we couldn't track her success. Right. So all of a sudden I, I said to myself, A, we need to find something that works. B, we need to find something that holds everybody accountable that we can track. You know, for example, TMS, if you don't show up to our clinic, we know you're not showing up to your clinic, but we know you're not taking- I get a phone call if I'm two minutes late. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? And that's, that's Dr. Israel's team who will make yeah. sure if you don't show up, that you know it's your it's your health um, so you know those are the types of things that are important that i wish we had for alex and i was fortunate enough in 2017 going through this i discovered um that tms was out there um and that insurance companies were starting to cover it and so um at that point um you know i put a little group of people together and we said you know we we, we have a big problem in the world and we can change people, people's lives. I'm an Elon Musk fan. You know what, when I read what he says and his investment strategy, he says, I only invest in things that change people's lives. Mm -hmm. Well, we had this opportunity. And then by absolute luck, I landed on Dr. Israel. 
Dr. Lindsay Israel. Uh, in fact, the joke is that her husband had applied for, uh, had at the time said, hey, maybe I'm interested. And then, and then he said, you know what? I think, I think my, my, my wife, who's also a, a psychiatrist would be a perfect fit. And he was right. And what makes Dr. Israel so unique and why I'm so happy that she's not only on this call, but she is my partner um, and my a very close friend. Um, she's able to bring compassion, empathy, and medicine together, which is something that I had not seen before in the, in, in the mental health world. So, you know, I hope I didn't go too long here, but that's my no, story. No, no, of how that's we got perfect. Here. Perfect. Perfect. And how we met Dr. Israel and how we started the company with one small chair. And now we're the second largest in the world. Yeah, you have many different locations. So it, let's just dumb it down here. So TMS, yeah. what does TMS mean? What does it stand for, Dr. Lindsay? What is TMS? TMS stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. So we're using uh, magnetic pulses, kind of similar to what an MRI um, system creates to produce images. This isn't producing an image. This is uh, creating an electromagnetic field. Uh, and we can target a specific area of the brain uh, with those pulses and create an electromagnetic field um, within that very specific localized area. And what we found is that over time with repeated pulses, that's why it's technically called repetitive RTMS, repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation. Over time with re repeated pulses, because again, the brain likes repetition. That's how it learns. It picks up on those patterns. It learns the signaling. So with repeated pulses, you can actually create electrochemical changes within the brain that can last. And that's also, I think, the other key is it's great to feel good in the moment, and along the lines of what you were, you know, speaking on your personal journey with recovery. Right. You know, the drugs, they make you feel great. Right. The drugs make you feel amazing. The it's, problem is it's right. when you're coming down. <laughs> it's right. not about just feeling good in the moment. And to me, an ideal treatment is something that there's ideally a beginning, middle and an end to. So TMS, as you mentioned, it's a course, you, you, you know, a cycle. It's a, a course of treatments, 36 treatments. Um, for depression, and and then the benefits, the ground that you've gained, can should hold. That to me is an ideal treatment. With medication, what I think most of us have found is that typically that needs to be ongoing. Um, usually, the recommendation is at least one year you're on medication. If you find the medication or typically a combination of medication that works for you, you don't make any changes, no matter how good you're feeling, one year minimum. And then you can reasonably try and wean away and taper off and, and see, can you maintain? And I think what we found is it doesn't always work out that no, way. Right. It sounds like the difference is because this changes the chemistry in the brain. I mean, it's, it almost seems like um, the meds are more like a Band-Aid almost. And then what I noticed, too, is that if I'm on a certain medication, it stops working after a while for me. Like, 
the poop out. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just stops. And then I have to take a higher dose and then I'm more doped out and zoned out because a lot of those meds make you tired or fat yes. or side effects. And this doesn't have the side effects. So um, another question back in like the seventies and everybody's, you know, it's, it was very effective, but it just seems scary. Like you'd see like movies, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest where, with, with the shock therapy. Yeah. ECT. So, yeah. 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 So what's the difference between TMS and ECT? It's, it's actually pretty significant of a difference. And I, I know it's very easy to confuse the two because they're both like three letters of an abbreviation. <laughs> yeah. But ECT is actually um, utilizing an electricity. So you're actually using electricity to induce a seizure. So mm. it's not so much about the electricity that the treatment, you know, where the benefits come from. It's basically you're inducing a seizure a controlled seizure in a way. So it's done under anesthesia. It's only done in a hospital. Oh. Um, it's You can do it outpatient, but it's only done in a hospital setting. So typically in an OR or some kind of recovery room. Um, but you technically can leave, but you can't drive, you know, during your treatment course. Um, but you're basically inducing a seizure and it's the brain's reaction to calm the seizure down where you can get the clinical benefits for depression. Let's, you know, for example, or yeah. other conditions too, but we'll talk depression. So yeah. you're, you're inducing a seizure and the brain's reaction to that seizure to calm it down is where you get benefits. But again, because it's a seizure, it's in a hospital, you're under anesthesia, no, you're not able to drive, it affects your memory is one of the most common side effects of ECT. You lose your independence because you're not able to drive. I mean, I've heard of patients where they've had to relearn where things are in their kitchen, you know, what's in their drawers. They've had, I've had, um, not that I don't do ECT, but I've had patients that have had it in the past. I had one patient, she was a teacher and she said she had to relearn all of her students' names. She couldn't yeah, remember their names. <laughs> You, so you yeah, I, I like I like my I really really like my tongue. It does a lot of great things. And when I think of a seizure, I think of biting your tongue off. Yeah, so no. Oh, I know it's again it's a controlled seizure. So basically, during the ECT treatment, um, you're you're actually paralyzed. They give you a paralytic, and they just put a tourniquet typically around the ankle. So really, all you see is a foot twitch. It's not yeah. like a full flailing, you know. Uh, clonic seizure um so it's not that dramatic looking like in the in the movies but back in i mean it, to ec i won't say ect but um this type of seizure induced therapy they used to overdose you with insulin to induce the seizure before they started using electricity to induce the seizure mm. um so obviously it wasn't as as controlled but it's definitely yeah. not like one flew over the, the cuckoo's nest anymore. <laughs> um, it's, it's not like that, but it, there, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more invasive treatment. Um, and it really has, um, I think, more lasting benefits. They'll tell you uh, side effects. They'll tell you, um, you know, the memory issue is only, you know, that day of your treatment. You might be a little foggy. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's entirely true. I think it, it, it does have more, uh, impact on memory. Um, well, even but, when you take anesthesia in, in, in the elderly, 
they th that could hinder memory uh that could that could accelerate Absolutely. memory loss and all that so just the anesthesia alone so yeah um uh, I, i'm team tms definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah so i mean it's really if you're a candidate theoretically if you're a candidate for ect you should be a candidate to, for TMS potentially. I mean, you should definitely be evaluated for, for trying something like TMS first, which is, you know, non-invasive. You don't lose your independence. You can drive yourself to and from treatment. Um, and the treatments are only like 20 minutes. And if, if I wanted to get evaluated, where, like, where, where would I go? How do I, I'm depressed. I don't feel good. I, I, I can't get sober. And I know it's because I'm depressed. And I don't know. Do I go to a psychiatrist? Do I go to a therapist? What do I do? How do I find you? Where do I do? What do I do? I'm interested. Tell well, me. I'll tell you. And, and I think John can probably attest to this. Most patients, I think, find us um, by searching non-medication treatment for depression or non-invasive treatment for depression. Um, you you really should see TMS pop up. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the techie savvy world. So yeah. I'll speak very crudely. Just Google um, success TMS. Basically. Uh, could, yeah. Could they get evaluated through you guys or do they have to go and get outside help first? No, we have providers. Uh, we have psychiatric specialists, psychiatric providers that are TMS certified. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are also psychiatric providers. They can do the evaluation um, as well. But even before that, you'll meet with a TMS coordinator first for a free consult, a free consultation to um, begin the process. And uh, we can gather a lot of the clinical data at that point and, and there also help determine, you know, um, what, what the next best step would be for you in terms of uh, TMS, are you a candidate? And that person, the TMS coordinator can help navigate as far as your insurance coverage and give you all those kinds of options. So even before you see the, the provider, you can come in for a free consultation first, just to even hear about it. You don't even have to commit to anything necessarily. Right. But and that's, that, that's what happened with me a couple of years ago. I actually went into your office and it was before um, my insurance didn't cover it. And then I was like, I don't want to commit. I don't know. I just gave up, you know, I went for the consultation and then just because the good ADD um, non-follow through that I am, I was like, eh, eh, whatever. And um, then a couple of years later, when it got really bad, I came back to you guys. And what I noticed also, it's not like, like we said, especially for addicts, quick fixes are not good for us. They're right. not, you know, it's, right. it, it's not good for an addict to have a quick fix. And it was like, I didn't even really, I think it was just like, seriously, a couple weeks ago that I noticed it's not like one day you just wake up and you're not depressed. It's not like that. No. Um, and if it were like nothing, like nothing, ain't nothing for free. I always say like, if, if it were that, it wouldn't be real. It was just like a gradual thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, wait hold on a minute. I haven't taken yeah. a nap in like three weeks. Yeah. It's you know? a eureka moment. It's a, it's a eureka moment, but it, you, you realize it's been an ongoing process. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, right. I, I, my thing is my naps or not wanting to leave the house. It's like, wait, I'm getting all of my errands done. What the hell is that? Even the fact that I'm showing up every day, cause it's five days a week. And then you take the weekends off and it's only like 20 minutes and right. uh, the staff's amazing. So uh, a couple other questions. Well, so this is this this it it treats depression. Mm -hmm. um, what about 
the anxiety aspect of it, craving stuff like that. Do we have a side of the brain we can treat for that? The answer is is yes. So TMS has actually been um, investigated, studied uh, for various conditions. It's it's um, FDA approved technically for uh, major depression, um, severe depressive disorder. Um, and there's also indications with deep TMS for treating obsessive compulsive disorder in addition to major depression as well. Wait, wait, with what? With deep TMS? Deep TMS. What does yes. that mean? So deep TMS is a, it's a, it's a sort of a subtype of RTMS. It's, um, a different, a different system, a different manufacturer. Um, but it's a pulse that basically goes deeper into the cortex, but what we know to be true, uh, when it comes to, you know, a magnetic beam, the deeper you go, the wider the pulse spreads basically. So it's not as focused as RTMS is as far as, uh, hitting a specific target. Um, but that particular system, the deep TMS system, is technically what has the FDA indication for OCD. Um, but my point is that the, those are the two conditions that are FDA approved. Um, and there are more indications that they're uh, looking to obtain from the FDA. Recently, um, a study came out that showed patients who are getting um, depression treatment. And we know depression and anxiety, we call it comorbid. They're highly paired together. Yeah. Um, Damn it. The studies show that patients with depression getting treatment for depression also see an improvement in their anxiety symptoms when you evaluate those symptoms sort of separately with a different rating scale. So when you come in for your depression treatment, Every Friday, I, I'm sure you were getting your PhD yeah. nine scores done and how we <laughs> yeah. kind of monitor uh, the progress. Mm. Um, and at the end of your treatment, it's kind of like your diploma. You'll you'll see visually how how we want those numbers to come down. The lower the score, the less symptoms you're having. Mm. Um, so we can track that also. There are rating scales for anxiety as well. So a study showed and proved what we really theorized for many years is that if you can treat your depression symptoms, anxiety symptoms also can secondarily improve. On top of that, there are other protocols, like you said, targeting a different area of the brain. Theoretically, you could also more specifically target anxiety symptoms, but those are considered, those protocols are considered off label because they're not FDA approved. So those, those particular protocols are not covered by insurance. Um, but there are, there are protocols um, you mentioned cravings. There are protocols for fibromyalgia or neuropathic pain. Wow, that's going to be important. That's going to oh, help yeah. a lot tinnitus of people. Tinnitus for the ear ringing, tinnitus. Yeah. Um, there are protocols for that as well. Um, again, all off label. How about shopping addiction? How about wanting to buy too many Gucci bags? If, How about I, that? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'll leave that too. <laughs> But, uh, or at least wanting one. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes, there are. Um, there's so, so we got to many... get to the FDA because, you know, like we got to get to the FDA and have the FDA approve all of this because this is what like pisses me off. It's like, OK, so I could get my Prozac. I could get my um, Depakote that's going to make me a zombie walking yeah, around all easy, day huh? like a freaking yeah. zombie. I yeah. hate that shit. Yeah. You know, but I something. You know, something that's totally safe and natural and uh, I you know, agree. It's, it's not approved. I absolutely, exactly. I actually wrote an advocacy letter when um, the pandemic first hit 
um, what we found is that our patients, even the, the current patients and even new ones, we're still reaching out for a treatment that does require you to physically come in for treatment. It's not something you can do through telemedicine. Mm-hmm. And patients were so happy with their results. They didn't want to, they didn't want to lose that and backslide, especially if they were in the middle of their treatment oh, course. I can't imagine. I didn't yes. even think of that. So I oh. wrote actually an advocacy letter specifically asking, you know, humbly, you know, my little, you know, self, my mm-hmm. one doc self. Um, asking the FDA to consider sort of fast tracking and approval for anxiety disorders because the pandemic was triggering so much anxiety for so many people. Uh, I'm still waiting for a reply. You're still waiting for a response. I tried. Yeah, we all have to advocate. And like, I mean, I have off the chain debilitating for me, my mental illnesses. Well, I mean, I've been... I've been diagnosed with every single one of them and I I don't buy it all, you know, but I definitely have debilitating depression. Um, and, and anxiety, which you said go hand in hand. Yeah. And my, my ADHD is, it's like, yeah, yeah. It, it is. I hate to use the word again, but it's debilitating. And Absolutely. it's a big reason why I use drugs. I mean, that's why I like cocaine because cocaine it's is a stimulant. Mm-hmm. It's a stimulant. It slows me down. And like mm-hmm. mo- most people are like, me, no, when I'm it's on not, cocaine. Yeah, stimulant is like a misnomer term. It doesn't, you know, a, a stimulant yeah. for someone with ADHD, it, it like, it, it calms them, allows them to kind of focus on one thing yeah. again. And it's cocaine, it's sort of just in the moment. It doesn't have the... <laughs> Long, the the right. lasting benefits, but yeah, stimulants misnomer. You're not stimulating the person. You're you're right. stimulating that specific area of the brain, the, the prefrontal cortex, which is um, in charge of controlling executive functioning and attention. Um, your ability to inhibit yourself, basically. Hmm. Um, it was interesting. So there's yeah. all different all different types of TMS is not just for depression. This this machine or whatever can treat a lot of other mental. Uh, disorders, I guess, but not FDA approved yet. Correct. Okay. Correct. So that sucks. Um, how long? Or how long is it's this- a work in progress. Hopefully, yeah. I would it's on its way. It's on its way. Yeah. yeah. It's it's on there its are. Way. I mean, it's it's being actively worked on. Um, even for pediatric depression, adult, or I should say, adolescent depression. Um, they they were working on getting FDA approval because this is not you know depression as you mentioned. You were five years old when you, you know, yeah. really develop depressive episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist as well by training. So I, I've seen it firsthand. Depression is not just an adult condition. It's not just an adult disease. It affects children. And most no. of the time it starts in childhood. Yes. And let, let me ask you this question. Is it true? Um, and this is for personal reasons too, because I have a son. He, you know, I, I have mental illness. My family, I come from a, a I'm so proud. I come from a long strain of mental illness. It's awesome. Get it on us. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm convinced just because I've seen it and I've been around it that my son is bipolar, but they won't diagnose him with bipolar because he's only 16. And they say they won't do that until they're like 18 or 19 till they're older. Um, He's showing every symptom. I mean, he definitely has ADHD, but the bipolar is like- if, if Yeah, and there's so much overlap with the two- yeah, yeah, diagnoses. I suppose. And you could have both. You could theoretically, you know, meet criteria for both, but there, there's a lot of overlap in symptoms. Um, I mean, you can you you can technically diagnose. Um, so you can, okay. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's one of those diagnoses. It is a lifelong diagnosis. It doesn't it doesn't just disappear or go away. You don't outgrow something like that necessarily. No. So I think more they don't they want to continue to sort of 
evaluate would be my guess, but you, you yeah. technically can. I mean, once it's apparent, it's apparent because you want to at least try and diagnose as early intervention is always the key with most psychiatric conditions, especially with, you know, depression or mood disorders in general, the earlier you intervene and treat. So if you can get an accurate diagnosis, then ideally you're getting an accurate treatment protocol started. Um, and actually, when it comes to bipolar depression, we know that, again, it's off-label technically for a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, but the depressed phase of bipolar disorder, so bipolar depression, responds beautifully to TMS, wow. beautifully. That's, that's amazing that there's, there's something out there. I, I have a brother that, I mean, I just can't even, we're not even going to get into him, but his, his bipolar disorder is, and it's explosive bipolar disorder, which makes it even worse. Yeah. And is it true? Like with him, he, he always had something. There was always something, you know, but I had heard that a lot of times with bipolar, it, it could actually uh, accelerate later in life when, when, when you're in your thirties and forties, like maybe you could have a tendency to depression or is that, is that correct? Is that yeah, true? So you'll see what, what typically happens is sort of like a natural course of bipolar disorder is that you might have more manic episodes um, in the, in the younger years, like twenties, thirties, forties. And then as you get older, a lot of times the trend, the manic episodes or hypomanic episodes aren't as frequent, but you'll, you'll, you know, definitely have more of the depressive episodes, especially, mm -hmm. you know, kind of later on in, in age, but everyone, you know, it's, it's like snowflakes too. Everyone's bipolar Everyone's disorder sorry. is, is different too. Um, some, some patients and here's the, the, you know, kind of crux. Mm -hmm. It only takes one manic episode to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder. You could have 30 depressive episodes. So there are people out there that have had depressive episodes most of their life and haven't really had their first manic episode yet, but they're, you know, it just, it just hasn't come out yet. So until you've had your first manic episode, you're not even considered bipolar because you don't and have that history. As soon as you have one manic episode, your, your diagnosis changes from depression to bipolar disorder because the treatment is different. Now, uh, yes. And explain what a manic, go. yes. Yeah. Um, Ex explain what a manic episode is. If someone's like, I, I don't know if I have something's weird. What would define a manic episode? So, so a manic episode would be symptoms consistent with being, we would say more mm -hmm. grandiose or a, feel, or a, a change in behavior or your thought patterns where you have this burst of energy, you're go, 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 you're talking fast, your thoughts are coming fast. People around you are saying, like, what's going on? Slow down. You would do theoretically more impulsive things, um, more risky behavior, um, such as like hypersexuality, promiscuity, uh, spending sprees. Uh, some people become hyper-religious where, you know, when they're when they're not in a manic episode, they really, you know, they're not really religious. And then all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, uh, religious uh, idols or things like that, God, whatever. Um, one of the key symptoms uh, with manic or hypomanic episodes is a decreased need for sleep, not just where you can't sleep, but you feel tired, where you don't even need to sleep. So you're up all night, you might be rearranging your furniture, you could be calling people impulsively in the middle of the night, you might be making lists, uh, all of a sudden feeling like you can write a book, you know, those are all just some examples of, of symptoms of it sounds like either me on crystal meth or right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's the founding thing is that if it's, if it's induced by something like steroids, like 
just a, a treatment that we use in medicine, corticosteroids mm -hmm. used for, you know, like prednisone, uh, if you're having some kind of inflammatory response in your chest or something, or asthma, even, even steroids like that can induce a manic episode. Um, so typically bipolar disorder is where those, those are eliminated from the equation. It's not triggered by something else. Okay. So if you feel like you or someone that you love is, uh, struggling with that, obviously you can go find, um, somebody to talk to and get some help with that because I, that can be really scary. I've, I've seen bipolar all around me and it's just, it's terrifying. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's terrifying. And mental health is like, man, I feel like we've come a long way, but I don't feel like we've come long enough. You know, we haven't come far enough. We're not there yet. No, I mean, we're kind of far. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Just scratching the surface. Yeah. So, um, TMS has been around, how long has it been around? Uh, so it's actually been really investigated since the mid, easily the mid nineties. I mean, the okay. concept of using, you know, magnetic residence technology has, has been around a long time. Um, as far as it really kind of developing and becoming more and more mainstream, um, it really didn't occur. So TMS was, was FDA approved in 2008. Okay. So okay. it's been FDA approved for quite, you know, well over a decade at this point, mm. but it didn't start to become covered by insurance plans or Medicare until like 2013 around then. So even one, even from the time it was FDA approved, it really didn't gain any momentum or, you know, I don't, not notoriety, but it really mm -hmm. wasn't on the tip of anyone's tongue, even psychiatrist's tongue, because it was out of pocket. It wasn't covered by insurance and people didn't really even know about it as an option, as a treatment option. Yeah. Um, until, you know, later into the, you know, 2010s, yeah. And, and they still don't know enough because oh, like yeah. I said, when I, when I do my Instagrams, I, I get so many messages. Cause I say that I, I'm at TMS for my depression da, 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 and everyone's like, what is that? I'm depressed. That's why I had to do this podcast. It's like, you know, we need to spread the word that there's a solution Absolutely. out there because I've been a lost depressed soul since age five. Like I said at the beginning, like you said, and I say that because it's true. I literally was in kindergarten and I was like, there's something wrong with me. Everybody else, all these other kids are on the jungle gym and they're, and they're happy. And I knew that I had a loving family. I knew all that. Right. Depression That's, doesn't care. Depression no, doesn't care yeah. that you have yes. a loving family, that you've got, you know, financial stability that you got. I mean, it, it, depression does not, does not care. It doesn't discriminate. Right. Just like right. addiction, I say. So right. that's why I wanted to get this out there that there, there is an option and I can speak personally for it, that it has helped me immensely, you know, um, it's helped me immensely. Am, am I perfect? You know, no. And, and like I said, if it was a complete quick fix, then it wouldn't be real. Like there's no such thing. Right. But I'm going to tell you that my debilitating depression to the point where I could not get out of bed yeah, the functioning is non-existent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's non-existent. You right. know, am I still a bitch sometimes? Hell yeah. You know, <laughs> but we don't want to change who, you know, the yeah, goal right. is not to change someone. Yeah, not changing your personality. Yeah, that's not it. So I depression is not a weakness or a flaw. And I think that's also why there's that stigma still out there that people don't want to share it because they they feel like it's a weakness or a flaw on their part, or somehow they were raised to think that it's a weakness or a flaw, and you just have to sort of pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just get out of bed. 
um, but it doesn't work that way. It's, a, it's symptoms that don't belong to you. It's not who you are. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, a group of symptoms, a condition that doesn't belong to you. And, and you mentioned options. There, there are options. That's the whole point. I, I'm always one to advocate for giving people options. And it's not only one thing that gets us into a state of depression often. Um, so it's not always any one thing that gets us out, but I like having TMS as an option for people out there. And it's a, it's a valid, it's a great um, option that has been time tested, proven safe, proven effective. And you're, you're not stuck with either medications or ECT as, as your only options. Right. Or let's give, it an, let's give you an analogy for, okay. for, you know, the layman like myself and perhaps some of the folks listening. Um, you know, when we talk about depression, that depression doesn't discriminate that, you know, Dr. Israel said that those symptoms don't belong to you necessarily. This is no different than physical fitness or being predisposed to gaining weight more than another person. It, it's, it's the exact same thing. So some people don't have this depression issue. They're just not vulnerable to it. Couldn't you just some kill people, those people? <laughs> yeah, well, but, but don't we say the same thing about the most beautiful person we ever saw or the tallest person we ever saw or the skinniest person we ever saw or whatever it is. We always say that about somebody else who has some lot in life that is positive or that we view as positive, and yet we don't have that. So we say that. And by the way, I have yet to find a person on the planet, and I've spoken to quite a few, that doesn't have a problem somewhere, somehow. And if you're suffering from depression, that could be your problem. But it's the same as fitness. In order to stay skinny, if that's what you wanna do, I'm just throwing it out there, you gotta eat well. And we probably have to use the word fit because I don't think skinny is the right word, but if you want to stay fit, you probably nothing's have to politically well, you have correct to. here. Okay. <laughs> nothing's right. politically correct. But, right. So, so it's the same thing with depression. What I think a lot of people don't realize is you have to stay fit with your mental health. I still find it absolutely astonishing how much money people will spend on a physical trainer and yet won't spend the same amount of money or any money on using a therapist or a coach. Life in your brain, and your life is dictated by your values, your actions, and your brain. So why aren't you protecting those things as much as you would anything else? Like that's the question, right? So once we once we look at it that way, we don't have to sensationalize or catastrophize depression. We can then say, okay. Maybe there is a rational approach to it. We just need to find the right tools of which TMS is one of them. Right. TMS is just a technological advancement on medication. Mm -hmm. That's all. It's like using this cell phone as opposed to the old brick cell phone from the 1980s. It's just evolution. That's right. it. Yeah. And once That's people are open to it and understand it, we're gonna be able to raise that awareness. Here's the great news. Insurance companies dictate that in many ways. You're going to see a lot of studies now, and you're going to actually see a trend for TMS where when we started it, when Dr. Israel and I started in TMS, you needed to fail four medications in order to qualify. Yeah. Really and Dr. Yep. Israel, today, in most states, insurance companies ask for how many failures? Could be one to two at this point. 
So it, what does that tell you? It's, it's Sorry, moving in the right direction. That means the insurance companies are seeing evidence that it's working. Plus, they're seeing evidence that over the long term, so over the life of the patient, that the cost of care is less. Mm. Yeah. And that's why TMS is advancing. And as we continue to spread that word, it will continue to advance. And Lindsay, do, sorry, Dr. Israel and I believe that TMS might become the next platform tech, the next platform method of treatment, the next yeah. medication. It should be a first-line option. It should be an option for anybody. You shouldn't have to fail and go through that process. Because Jennifer, I'm sure you can attest to what that feels like. You know, every time yeah. you try a new medication, you're, you know, you're doing this and waiting. What yeah. side effects am I going to have? Yeah. And then when am I going to feel better? It, it'd be nice to have TMS as an option for people first line. If they choose not to go down the medication road, or they, they still could choose that, but at least they don't have to. They're not forced to try that first necessarily. That that would be, you know, kind of my my uh, on my wish list for. Uh, yeah, it, it makes it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's okay for you to take a synthetic, you know, medication that can give you even more anxiety. Could make you tired. Can make you not want to wake up. Can make you lose your hair. Can make you gain weight. Can but it's not okay to you know just get your brain tapped, you know, I mean, it doesn't right. make sense at all, but I mean, that's, that's the world today. So yeah, like you said, all we can do is all we can, what, what we can do is just raise awareness, yes. yell out loud, write letters like you did. Advocate as much as you can. Very much so. Mm -hmm. And a firm believer of that. So, um, I actually have my TMS appointment coming up here pretty soon. So oh. I'm going to have to skate. Now I have a, one more question about just one more question. So let's say you're out, you do go five days a week, five on two off for like 40 something days or 38 days, whatever, how many ever days it was. So like last week I went away for Thanksgiving and I was like freaking out because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to miss like five That's days. That's normal to worry about that. That's yeah. normal. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's not, it's perfectly fine. We've had patients that, you know, go on a vacation or patients that become ill, you know, have, a, have a, the flu and they can't come in for a few days. It's perfectly fine. It, you, especially if you've had multiple treatments already under your belt, you know, yeah. um, you don't just backslide. It doesn't slide. just go away. Okay. It doesn't just go away. And that's, I think, the beauty in terms of TMS, as far as the durability of it. I mean, we have patients that are also when they're when they actually have completed their course, they, you know, the 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 worry is I'm done now what? Yeah. And they're very pleasantly surprised to see they just take it one day at a time and they see, you know, even as we follow them up, they're still holding, they're holding true. Great, cool. Yeah. All right. So it's success TMS. Uh the website's successtms.com, simple as that, yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. And you got it. Yeah, you guys can reach out to me if you want more information. We'll get you in touch with um, Dr. Lindsay, John, and everybody. They have locations all over the place. And if you're living somewhere where there's not a location, I'm sure you guys can. We'll help. Call yeah. us. Yes, yeah. please call us because that you know for 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 Lynn, for Dr. Israel and I, this is a this is a mission. Um, and we will always, always place people and give people recommendations for where they can look and what they can do. Because again, th this is about changing people's lives. Bring it back to what we said at the beginning. This is about changing the course of how we treat people in life. 
And the more people who know about it, like you, Jen, the more people, more other people will know about it. So we wanted to thank you, obviously, for inviting us on and letting us share our stories so that we can create, continue to create this mushroom of, of awareness and of information out there. There are so many tools, folks. There's one message we can give you. There are so many tools out there. So don't be afraid to call us. We can sort of walk you through it um, and give you some, some options up until a consult. I mean, even if it's not to work with us or to, to come see us, we don't care. We'll, we'll help you with whatever we can help. We just, we want to kick depression and mental health issues in the ass. In I the want ass. to kick its ass. I want it to be That's my right. bitch, man. I'm right? not going to let it kill me. Yeah. John, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be your sister. I won't, I won't allow it. And it almost was I, a million times, you know, I can't. And I'm so happy you're not. And that's yeah. why we're doing this. Literally, <sighs> you know, she wrote it in a, in a, in that letter, in the last, in the letter she left for me, she said, listen, take care of mom and dad. Oh, and the other thing is if you can find a way to get rid of depression, figure it out because I don't know anybody else who can. So that became my mantra to do this. Yeah. So I'm so proud that you are not my sister. And I'm so proud that we have thousands of patients who didn't end up like my sister. Yeah. And every day I open, you know, I, I, I go online and you hear about these suicide stories. You hear about stories in suicide, even in younger age groups. Our work is not done, mm -hmm. but God knows. And I know that Dr. Israel and her team has saved a ton of lives. And that's what I'm most proud of. And Jen, you're helping us do that. Yes. Your audience is helping us do that. Let's mushroom this story. Let's yeah. mushroom this story. Awesome. Unbelievable. We're going to kick depression in the ass. That's, yeah. that's the quote. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Sober exposure, Jennifer Wilde. You guys have a great week. Need more? Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast.